למדתי ונתחזק בנקודות תורתנו, ונתאים אותנו לכחזקות ואת חברינו. חוכמות ולשונות הגויים ירחק מדעתנו, ותחיה Yeah. 
first one. Good evening, Shalom Aleichem. We're here to present an evening with Rabbi Nachman. For those of you who are unfamiliar, Rabbi Nachman was born in 1772 in the city of Mezhivitz, in the house of the Balshemto. He was a great-grandson. And uh, at that time, Ukraine was part of Poland. Poland extended all the way to the eastern Ukraine, where Putin wants to take over these days. At any rate, Rabbi Nachman grew up at that time. Anyone who's familiar with history knows that that was the time of the partitions of Poland. Poland was divided into three parts, and it ceased to exist as a country. Austria, Hungary took part, Prussia took part, and Russia took the major area where over a million Jews were transferred under the rulership of the Tsar. Immediately, this is in the 1790s, the Tsar put together a committee how to destroy the Jews. And uh, some of the decrees you may be familiar with, what was the pale of the Jewish settlement that developed from there. The Jews were kicked out of the rural areas, forced into cities, no parnosa. One of the decrees was the Cantonist decrees where the young children, they were supposed to be age of 10, 11, they were taken as young as six or seven, and they were drafted into the Tsar's army for 25 years. And then there was the forced secular education, where the Jews had to study another language, and they had to study secular studies. They were taken away from their Jewish roots. This was the atmosphere, the environment that Rabbi Nachman grew up in. He was young when he passed away in 1810, 38 and a half years old. But he managed to gain, to rise up to great heights. What he did was take the Torah HaKadoshah and transform it into a book of advice that will help us recognize what a Jew is. For what is a Jew? And um, let me put it this way. In a couple of weeks, there's going to be what they call the Super Bowl, right? Okay? And everyone's going to sit there glued to the television, and you're going to have some 40,000, 50,000 people jump to the arena where they're going to play ball, freezing cold weather, you know, with blankets and coffee and tea and who knows what. And they're just going to watch 22 people running around the field, throwing around a pig skin. Right? That's what you're going to see. That's the whole thing. And what all those millions of people who watch the game are called are spectators. There's only 22 people who are participants. Rabbi Nachman realized that's what was happening to world Jewry. There were a lot of problems at the time. The Haskalah, the Enlightenment, was rising. That's when they were born in the late 1770s. 
And that's when people started running away from Judaism. And uh, what can you say? We're spectators. Do we really feel Yiddishkeit? Do we really feel the sweetness of learning, of davening? Shabbos. Shabbos is 160th of the world to come. What is our world to come to look like? Well, uh, what happens on Shabbos these days, right? Go to shul Friday night, go home, eat a sumptuous meal, and we go to sleep. Wake up in the morning, you go to shul, have a kiddush club, right? You uh, have a sumptuous meal, and you rest in the afternoon. Is that what you want your world to come to look like? Right? In a way, it is that way. But Rabbi Sa'id, Yiddishkeit has a flavor to it. Yiddishkeit has so much within. Yiddishkeit is so powerful. And what's the power of Yiddishkeit? Well, let's start from the beginning. In the beginning, Hashem created the heavens and the earth. The beginning is Hashem. The beginning is that there is a God. He created everything and He runs the world. Imagine the world, six days of creation. What a beautiful creation. There was no need for any environmentalists. The world was pure. There was no man to make polluted rivers, rainforests, and all the other stuff that we enjoy today. Right? That was the world that Hashem created. For what purpose? He created Adam Rishon to recognize To recognize Hashem. Now, one of the things, we'll get back to this later, God willing, but how was Adam supposed to recognize Hashem? He was not given the Torah. Right? Eoiv has a positive, I can see Hashem from my body. Just take a look at the precision and the wonders of the human body, how it operates, how it absorbs food, how it digests it, and how it excretes that which it doesn't need, and how it operates, and what we're able to do with the body itself. It's amazing. The human body, this is the Torah man. The human being represents the Torah. There are 248 positive mitzvahs, mitzvahs essen, that correspond to the limbs of a person's body. There are 365 prohibited mitzvahs, and they correspond to the gidon, the blood system, the veins, and so on and so forth that we have in our bodies. So each person is a Torah. Zois ha-Torah, other. But how do we feel it? How do we get to understand what it's all about? Rabbi Nachman's teachings reveal this to us. Rabbi Nachman takes 
almost every part of the body, and he shows you the inner strength that you have. Rabbi Nachman shows you that you have incredible strength. So let's go back to the beginning, right? How do you know that? Today science has a different idea how the world came into being. I personally negate, I can't even understand how they can come up with such a, a, an idiotic uh, idea, Big Bang Theory and whatnot. Everything on the world is so precision, right? The planets, the astronomy, the physical, it's, it's incredible. How could this be done by a human being or by a Big Bang? You can't. It's got to come from Hashem. But how do we know that? And Rabbi Nachman says, we are very fortunate that Moshe Rabbeinu gave us the Torah, and the Torah tells us, Emunah, believe in Hashem. That is really the first and foremost energy that any person could ever have. We have to have faith. We have to have faith in Hashem. He created the world. He gave us the Torah, and so on. So let's examine this a little deeper. Reb Nossam impressive. Reb Nossam was Rabbi Nachman's closest student. Reb Nossam was born in 1780. He passed away 1844. But he collected Rabbi Nachman's teachings. He wrote them down and he wrote his own original Hidushim, Lukute Alohois, and so on. Rabbi Nossam explains Emuna, let's say, as a four legged chair. One leg is, of course, faith in Hashem. Hashem exists, Hashem is real, He's the only reality, and everything is Hashem. So I have to turn to Him. He is my creator. He is the one I am supposed to be aware of 24-7. There's another lecture, Emunah, which is Emunah in the Torah. The Torah is Hashem's guide. Hashem gave us a Torah. Why? So that we should be able to recognize it. Now, do we really need the Torah? Of course. But the Ovois, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were able to serve Hashem without the Torah. There are certain people, certain tzaddikim, who become so pure, they can know exactly what to do, as the Gemara says, Avram Avinu fulfilled even the mitzvahs the Ramonim. So Emuna in the Torah means that we accept that this is Hashem's guide how we can get through this world recognizing Hashem. That's the second leg of faith. There's a third leg, and that's faith in the tzaddikim. Faith in the tzaddikim, the true leaders of Am Yisrael. There were a lot of uh, shaisus, there were a lot of shamans who uh, put themselves up as Jewish leaders, but they're far from it. It's only the true tzaddikim, right? Take a look. You had in Egypt, there were 600,000 yid, and Aaron Akoye 
was the Novi. He was a Novi in Egypt. And he taught Kali Yisrael, he encouraged them, he helped them whatever he could. But only Moshe Rabbeinu was able to bring down the Torah, not Aaron Akayim. As great as he was, he was a great tzaddik and a great leader. But there are tzaddikim that rise above everything else. And they are the ones, Rabbi Akiva in Gemara. The Gemara says, he's, Sifra, Sifri says, he's compared to Moshe Rabbeinu. Rabbi Akiva, that come to Yisrael, Moshe, Chacham come, Rabbi Akiva. You had Yishur Ben Yechoi, who revealed the Zoya. You had the Arizal. You had the Valshema Kodush. You had very, very great tzaddikim. What they do is not just teach us, they hand feed us, they spoon feed us the way to come close to Hashem. So those are three legs of the Muna, and Rabnosan explains that without that fourth leg, the other three won't mean much. What is that fourth leg of the Muna? Faith in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You were created by Hashem. You were sent down to this world by Hashem. Therefore, you are an important cog in Hashem's wheel. You take a special place, a very unique place. You, you, whoever you are, whatever we are, we have an incredible power, energy, and strength to be able to come recognize Hashem in everything that's happening in the world. That's called Emuna. If you believe in yourself that you can, like that little train Thomas, right? I know I can, right? If you believe in yourself that you can, then you'll find out how you can really, really connect with the other three legs of that chair. That's the basic, one of the basic teachings of Rabbi Nachman. A second teaching is Emes, truth, honesty, right? Today there's a lot of people who talk about denial, right? How many of us do something? Well, we deny it. We didn't really do it. This happened and there was something else that caused it to... Whatever. Right? Be honest with yourself. Right? We mess up. We're human beings. As a human being, you're expected to mess up. Take a look at other Mauritian. Right? He was created. He murders and Hedrin. This would happen the first hour of creation. When he was the second hour, the third hour, he stood on his feet. The ninth hour of creation, of the sixth day. Stood on his feet, the ninth hour. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon, right? The fourth hour, the tenth hour, by four o'clock, he already ate from the ace of us. Right? He didn't even give himself an hour. Not even an hour, the Gemara's. We're human beings. We do make mistakes. But the only way you're ever going to live and be alive 
and aware of everything that's happening around you is when you're honest with yourself. When I recognize I did this good, I did this bad, I have to change, I made a mistake, I, I'm very happy with this thing that I did, whatever the case is, you have to be honest with yourself. What is this honesty? Well, we say Shema every day. What's the last words of Shema? Hashem, Elikechem, Emesh, right? Hashem is the God of truth. There's another Pesach in Tillam. Hashem, Ori, Vishi. Hashem is my light and my salvation. If you have Emes, you have Hashem. If you have Hashem, you have light. You can see. Nighttime is difficult to see. Daylight, you can see pretty far. Right? We need that daylight. We need that light in our lives and our lives. How do we get it? By being honest with ourselves. Then we have light that can guide us. Do you ever notice you have a thought? Um, maybe I should uh, do this. It's a good idea. I'm going to do it. But then all of a sudden, you start rationalizing. Should I? Should I not? Maybe the other way is better. Whatever. How many of us have said, I knew I should have done it like I originally thought? Is there anyone here that has said that? I should have done it the first one. Right? What happens? Chazal tell us, Medrash, that the Neshama resides in the mind. The Ruach, the spirit, resides in the heart. And the Ruach, the spirit, can blow either way. If we take our Neshama, the Neshama says, Nishmas Shakai Tirinam. The neshama, which comes from Hashem, will guide them. But when we let it get down to the level of ruach, we rationalize back and forth. That's where we usually end up making mistakes. So we need to enlighten our minds. How? Connecting it to Hashem at all times. Hashem is the light. Right? Then we can make better decisions in life. So that's the second of Rabbi Nachman. Let's go to a third point. Rabbi Nachman says the reason people are distant from Hashem, this is in the Likute Maran, this is Rabbi Nachman's major teachings, lesson 10 in the second part. He says the reason people are far from Hashem is because they uh, don't have Yishuvadas. They don't have a tranquil mind. Why don't they have a tranquil mind? Because they're far from joy and happiness. Rabbi Nachman's famous statement, Mitzvah Gedolah Liyot Besimcha Tomit, it's a very great mitzvah to be happy at all times, right? It's really a posik in Tillum, Ibtu Es Hashem Besimcha. If you want to serve Hashem 24-7, which we do, Shulchan says, for example, you go to sleep at night, 
I'm going to sleep because I want to have strength to serve Hashem. So when you sleep, you're serving Hashem. Do what happened to you. Right? And so on. Eat. You need koyach. Eat with joy. And especially any mitzvah that you do. Since it's filling. Right? Midas chesed, stalker, and so on and so forth. Simcha. Joy. What is so important about joy is because with a joyous mind, you could actually think positive. If you think positive, you could accomplish. If you're not joyous, you usually end up depressed or angry. And if you're depressed or angry, well, then you can't think straight, and then automatically you have all the different things, the problems that we relate to. Joy, simcha, is one of the basic ways of serving Hashem. Rabbi Nachman does say that serving with joy is one of the hardest devotions to attain. So what can you do about it? You have to force yourself to be happy. How do you force yourself to be happy? Find the little things that are good. If you ever notice in Hebrew, you can have a group of letters. Let's take the word Yoshav. He sat. Shin Beis, right? Yud Shin Beis. Yoshav could also read Yoshav, Yoshav, Yoshuv. How do we know which way to read the letters? Right? By the little dots and dashes that are under the letters. Those little dots and dashes are what move the letters in the direction that we want. The same thing applies to our lives. We're like letters. We're a human being. We're something. Right? But which direction do we move is the little things in life that cause us to move from one end to the next. They're the ones that make our lives what we're supposed to be doing. Take the little things in life, bring them to life, be happy with what we have. Take joy in anything and everything. Right? They say the wealthy are only like 10% of the world. Right? What are the rest of us supposed to do? But who is wealthy? He who is happy with his lot. He who takes the small things in life and finds a reason to be happy with it. That is one of the major motivators of any person. Taking joy, happiness, bringing it into my life. And you know what? You're allowed to force the joy too. I'm not really happy now. Right? I mean, I would rather be home in Israel. But, uh, okay, I have to go into goal or something goes, right? But I could be happy with this too. We could be happy with the little things in life. We could be happy. We can make ourselves happy. I was once walking in the street in Brooklyn. They hated the borough punk. There were a bunch of kids playing hopscotch. Does everyone know what hopscotch is? You have the little squares, you draw, you jump from box to box. I'm walking down the street, this big fat guy, and the kids see me, nice kids, they all moved aside, let me pass. I decided 
I gotta have more than that. So I jumped from square to square to the end. And then it kept on going. But I have to tell you that the laughter that I heard from the kids afterwards still brings me joy. This is 25, 30 years later. Right? A little thing, a little foolish thing. It can be done. It should be done. Be happy with the little things that we can, you can play around a little bit. So what? Okay? That's the third thing that Rabbi Nachman teaches. How? Taking the good points, looking for the good. And let's take this a little bit further. Rabbi Nachman has a lesson, 282, in the first part of Kutamaran. It's called Azamra. We have a booklet, I think it's over here. Uh, Azamra. I will sing with the good points in my life. Right? I will look for the good. Have you done is called Odom Kafskus, judge everyone favorably. Right? Rabbi Nachman says, even yourself. You ever say to yourself, I messed up again? Well, I made another mistake? Did you ever say that? Right? Rabbi Nachman says, don't think that way. Right? Maybe you did. And maybe you're honest with yourself. You made a mistake. But I have to look for the good things that I did. Any little thing that I may have done good, that's what I have to be happy with. I made a bracha. Baruch Hashem. I washed my hands. Baruch Hashem. Right? I went out and I bought a bag of peanuts for Shabbos. For Shabbos. Baruch Hashem. Little things. But look for the good that you have. What is so important? Well, we go back to thinking positive. If I think good, I'm focused on good. Then my mind is now focused on doing good and seeking good and finding good. If I'm not looking for good, then what's, gonna, what's going to fill my mind? If not, a lot of the foolish things that we think about. So you have to search for good. You have to look for good. You have to find it. And let's take one, uh, well, there's so much, but let's take one, perhaps Rabbi Nachman's major advice. It's called in Hebrew, from the word bodeh, alone. Rabbi Nachman says, you know, I had a friend, for example, he was, uh, he was sick. He said, but uh, I can't pray for myself. I have to pray for my family, wife, children, what? My business. And I said to him, are you important? He says, well, to my family, to my business, whatever. So that means you're important, right? Emunah, faith in yourself. If you're important, then you have to pray for yourself too. Now we daven three times a day. Baruch Hashem. Shachus, Minchamayu, we daven. But there are a lot of things that we say in davening. If you look at Shemana Esrei, you can find everything that you need to live. But it's not so easy to find it. So Rabbi Nachman says, and by the way, the Chayyadon and the Mishnabura also bring this down, that you should make your own prayer. 
Sit by yourself, Bode. Sit by yourself five minutes, half hour, an hour. Sit by yourself alone, nothing around to disturb you. Turn off your cell phone and all the other things that can cause you disturbances. And sit with Hashem. As a friend of mine puts it, how could you ever establish a relationship with someone with whom you never speak? Think of it. You ever speak to Hashem? Hashem, thank you for getting me up. I saw once a little prayer on someone's refrigerator. Hashem, I got to tell you, the day is going great. Right? I'm calm, I'm collected, it's quiet. Right? I, I feel just, just great. Thank you. Problem is, in another minute, I'm going to get out of bed. And what's going to happen then? Right? <laughs> it's beautiful. And that's the truth. The truth is, what's going to happen? Rabbi Nachman says, go under your covers. Cover your head with the cover. Bury your head in the pillow. And speak to Hashem. Hashem, today I'm thankful. I feel good. Hashem, I have pain. Pain in my neck. Pain for my children. Pain for my business. I have pain. I need parnosa. I made a deal and it didn't work out. Hashem, thank you for the profit I made on that kind of a deal. Hashem, thank you for my children. Right? Although I saw once a, a lady was saying, uh, I made my house childproof, but the kids still get in. But at any rate, what happens is that, you know, there, there's so many things that we have to talk about, so many things that are on our hearts, so many things in our mind, right? Let it all out before Hashem. Speak to Him every single day. Hashem, today was a great day. Hashem, today was a horrible day. Today I felt bad, I had problems, I had, it is the business, uh, Shalom Bayas, anyone have Shalom Bayas problems, I doubt it, but okay. Whatever goes on, we all have different things that are happening in our lives. Speak to Hashem, right? The whole idea of creation, creation, Borel and Kim, in the beginning, Hashem was for us to connect to Him. These are some of the major ideas that Rabbi Nachman teaches. These are some of the things. You have no idea how powerful this poetess is. When you start getting into it, you begin to see how you need to speak to Hashem every day. And you know something? It works. It works. I ask Hashem for this and that. Not always. Not every day. Maybe not every month. Maybe not every year. But if you persist, that's what we were created for. Rabbi Nachman wants you to be a participant, not a spectator, to go through the motions every single day. I get up in the morning, I wash my hands, I go to shul, I daven, I eat breakfast, I go to work. Yeah, I'm a participant. Oh, no, I'm a spectator in life. I'm watching life pass me by. I was at one time five years old. Now I'm 15. Well, now I'm 25. Now I'm married with kids. Right? 
Where is my life? Where is it going? Right? Am I alive? Do I feel Hashem with me 24-7? Do I feel it? You can. That's what Rabbi Nachman wanted. Be participants with Him. Participate with Hashem. Connect with Him 24-7. How? Speak to Him. Be happy. Be honest. Faith recognize Hashem's hands that's directing everything in our lives. And if we do that, then we're going to have the most wonderful life as possible on this world. Not so easy. The world is filled with problems. It has plenty of problems. Right? Anyone here want to say they never had a problem? Right? It happens. But it comes, and then it goes. And then it comes another one. Roshiva used to tell us if a person were to live for a thousand years, he's got a whole line of problems waiting for him. Right? You have a problem now. Why push it away? Why I can't take it. I gotta get rid of this. This is bothering. It's just maybe the one following it is worse. <laughs> what are you in such a rush? Life has problems. That's it. But if you look for the non-problems, you look for the connection, where is Hashem? Ayeh, Hashem, where are you? You say in the Muslim Shabbos, Ayeh, you come where are you? Hashem, where are you in my life? Where are you in my heart? Hashem, I want you. Hashem, I need you. Pray, be aware, understand. Little by little, you see the world taking on a completely different picture. May Hashem help I don't want to stay here the whole night. I have to get, I have a flight to catch tomorrow. But I hope this is the beginning, a start. We have a bunch of books in the back. Rabbi Nachman, books that we produce. Uh, one of them, I'll say, is Anatomy of the Soul. It explains how all the different parts of the body, you have a physical energy, you can move your fingers this way or that way, right? what that energy means as far as your spiritual life or your heart, right? What is a spiritual heart attack? Or your legs, your bones, and whatnot. All your eyes, your ears, everything. You can connect with Hashem with everything in the world. Everything. You can do that. But we have a bunch of books that from Rabbi Nachman, some of his own, some that were based on what Rabbi Nachman taught. And uh, I'd like to make a uh, little appeal, right? We at Breslin Research are, or have now an exclusive club. You've all been handed papers uh, to look at. We have, at the moment, we have about 28 books that need to be reprinted. And I'm sure you will understand that it costs money. And uh, we'd like to have you sign up as a, an exclusive club of the reprints of Rabbi Nachman. An exclusive club. We're asking you for $1,000, $100 a month for the next 10 months. And we can have the money necessary to reprint all those books. But we're not asking it for nothing. Anyone who signs up 
this is the corner, the right-hand corner of that page, you'll see a whole bunch of books. Anyone who signs up will receive those books as a present from us, because that will help us reprint all the books and make them available for the world. When I got into Brescia in 1958, I was 12 and a half years old, I had a Rebbe who taught Brescia. He was promptly thrown out of that yeshiva at the end of that year because they didn't want Brescia taught. But that's the way it was in those days. Nobody heard of Rebbe Nachman. Today, Rebbe Nachman is all over the world. Literally all over the world. And uh, you could be a part of it. It's an international Balshuva movement. It's an international Kirov movement. People just open the book. Rabbi Nachman speaks to me. Rabbi Nachman has advice for me. And with that, I can go forward in life and bring energy and an awareness to my life so that I could really recognize Hashem 24 Seven. I'll conclude with a uh, piece from Rav Nosson, Rukuti Alochis. We say every day, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Rashi explains that Hashem, Shehu Elokeinu, God who is our God, will in the future be the God of the entire world. Hashem Echad. The Gemara asks, what does the word Shema mean? I mean, the declaration of faith is Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echot. What's the Shema for? The Shema, Murray Brachus, Murray says that Hashmeya Lozrucha Masha'ata Moitzimi Picha. Let your ears hear what you are saying. Ears. When the ears hear, it goes into the heart. Liba Shmiya, Liba Tayyitz, Zoya. When we say Shema, we are supposed to make sure that we hear it and we bring Hashem of the Kegel into our hearts. Then the Gemara gives another pshat. The Gemara says, Shema, the whole Loshua and Sha'at Listen, that means in any language that you understand. You understand Hebrew? Say it in Hebrew. You understand it in English, or in French, or Spanish, or Swahili? Say it. If you understand the language, say Shema. Reb Nossin says it's actually one shot. If you're going to listen to what you're saying, your declaration of faith in Hashem, that it goes into you, so that it enters your heart, and you really believe in Hashem, then anything you hear during the day, anything that people will say, you will be able to discern that Hashem is there in what is being said and done during your life. May Hashem help us that we come to the recognition that Hashem Echod, Shmo Echod, we know that people in Israel today are suffering terribly. And everyone around the world, every year around the world feels it. So we all have to daven and pray for Yeshua Israel. May Hashem help us that we merit. We start doing tshuva, we start recognizing Hashem, 
and that we all come to see the coming of Mashiach, the building of the Besamitosh, and the Gula Shlema, Omein Diyomein. Amen. Thank you for your attendance. Thank Rabbi Silver, Moshe Kosoi for setting this up. And anyone else who was involved, whose names I don't know, may you all be blessed. Baruchias, Vagashrias, call you Mechayech. Amen.
to be with everyone tonight. I want to thank Rabbi Kramer for the beautiful words. Terbiosi for the beautiful, beautiful Megina and the beautiful Shiros that open our hearts and every single note and every single chord brings us just a little bit closer to the Ribbon Mashalom. And of course, all the musicians. All the musicians. Baruch Hashem. share with you a short idea before we close out the evening. Rabbi Nachman says on the Pasuk, Moshe Abinu says to Klal Yisrael, V'ata Yisrael, Ma Hashem alokecha shoal mi'imach. Moshe Abinu says, Klal Yisrael, what does Hashem ask of you? Kiim liyira, tifira kodesh baruch hu, to love him, to cling to him, olalechas, and to walk in all of his ways. So we know the Gemara asks the famous Kasha. The Gemara says, yira milsa You know, Moshe Rabbeinu makes it sound like he has such an easy proposition for Kali Yisrael. All you have to do, all you have to do is listen to the mitzvahs, to love Hashem, to revere Him, to fear Him, to follow in His ways. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's the entirety of Yiddishkeit. Rabbi Nachman says something so beautiful. The Rebbe says, you have to read the Pasuk a little bit differently. The real ask is in the beginning of the Pasuk. The Rebbe says, all Moshe Rabbeinu says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks of you one thing and one thing only. The Atah. The Atah. Hashem Elokei All that Kaddish Baruch Hu asks of you is for the present. 
It's for the present. All that Ibn Shalom asks, asks of us is to maximize the present moment. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't ask us to dwell on a past that we cannot fix. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't ask us to worry about the future that we don't know. All the Rebona Shal Olam asks of us is to maximize our va'ata, the present moment in front of us now. And a night like this, which is to bring home the teachings of the Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman or Rabbi Nassim, so my camera mentioned before, a night like this, which is taking place in the midst of such upheaval for our people. You know, all one needs to do is to follow the news, to be overwhelmed. The defense minister said today that Israel is fighting a war on seven fronts. A seven-front war. Klal Yisrael is always in a state of milchama. Whether it's a milchames gashim or milchames ruchni, a material war or physical war, a spiritual war, the nature of our people, the destiny of our people, is to be engaged in conflict of some way. We know that this is a different kind of time. There's something different. There's something different in the way that this milchama started on Simchas Torah, in the overwhelming heartbreak in which we feel, still feel ourselves enveloped. There's something different about this milchama in the losses we've been forced to endure. But there's something different in this milchama in the overwhelming sense of mission, of purpose, of optimism, of hope. There's something different in this Muhammad because I think we all feel the ground shifting beneath us. There's something happening. There's something happening. And like Rabbi Nelson says, Eish Boer Bebrezlov, there's not just a fire burning in Breslov. There's a fire burning in the heart of every single Jew. However, there's something different about the times that we are living in. Something magnificent and something magnanimous and something overwhelming is waiting to unfold for our people and for the world. It feels, it feels like Mashiach is so close. Because sometimes when the pain is so intense, the only chalufa, the only remedy is for the Geula to come. And all HaKadosh Baruch Hu asks of us in this time is not to dwell on what was. Because as we always like to say, Chazal told us how to deal with the past. The Gemara says, the best three words in all of Shas. My the Hava Hava. What was, was. Can't worry about the future because we don't control it. But the atom, Yisrael ma Hashem alokecha sho'el mi'imach. That's our avodah. To start focusing on the present. We have a couple of minutes left together. How are we going to maximize those moments? And tomorrow morning when the alarm goes off, maybe it's time to fulfill the first line in Shulchan Aruch of Yisgaber Ka'ari. Maybe it's time to stop snoozing. And it's time to start working. And maybe it's time to stop procrastinating. It's time to start doing. 
And maybe it's time to start saying later, later, later. And instead start saying, Vi'ata, Vi'ata, Vi'ata. Tonight is a night about Rabbi Nachman. And tonight is a night about Rabbi Nassim. The stories are beautiful. And the mofsim are incredible. But more important are the life lessons. Like Rabbi Kramer said, the beauty of the Rebbe, the ability to take a Torah, which could be an esoteric body of knowledge, and to turn it into a life manual. If we could just be makabal upon ourselves to become the Atal Jews, then there is no telling what we could accomplish as individuals. There is no telling what we could accomplish as a community. And there's no telling what we could accomplish as a people. Maybe Hashem to begin to maximize the present moment taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us, to stop procrastinating, to start doing. And halavayin is of the conglomerate va'atul kiddusha that we are able to generate. We should finally see an end to our tsaras. That Ibn Shal Olam should finally see dailit tsarayinu. How many more karbanos does Klav Yisrael have to put on the Mizbeach of our nation? How many more sacrifices? How many more almanas? How many more Yisomim? How much more do we have to live the words Bidamayichayi? We say it, but Chavro, we're living it now. Kishbarach Hu should just see how, despite all this, Ubechalzos. The worst atrocities can be visited upon us, but have a look what Klal Yisrael does when the world turns against us. You know what we do? We love each other more, and we love HaKadosh Baruch Hu more. That's how a Yid deals with adversity. More love. More love for each other, more love for the Ribbon Shom, more love for Torah, more love for Yiddishkeit. If we just continue to fuel that fire of energy, then Amir Hashem, Umach Hashem, Dima Mial Kalpanim, Akadish Baruch will finally wipe away our tears. But it's not enough for him to wipe away our tears. I don't want it to be that we just stop crying. Halavayu should be zokhu, the tears should be dried. And those tears should be replaced with the biggest smile the smile of eternity. The smile of Geula, the smile of Moshiach, the smile of the Beis HaMikdash, the smile of Kibbutz Goliath, the smile of all of us being in a rebuilt Yerushalayim. Amen. 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 Amen.
things together to do events. לכבוד רבינו הקדוש רבי נחמן, רבי נוסון, and I'll be honored to me to be with Rav Chaim and with the son of Tzvi, and thank you very much to all of you, and Hashem bless Rav Chaim to Rav Chaim Shemim, and to continue to, to, to Mepharsim Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Tzikz Adolam, and the whole world, and to root Rav Chaim Shemim.
for everyone coming out tonight. A very special thank you to Ray Kramer for joining us and inspiring your beautiful words. To Rabi Yosef, to our incredible musicians, to Moshe Kosoi who helped uh, to arrange us in our community. To gather together for many more evenings of Aliyah. But Halalai, Mir Hashem, and Yerushalayim, Hallelujah. Thank you.